why you should consider carefully before you put a post or more importantly, actually take advice from uh, some free sources like a free Facebook group for your business. Welcome to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers who want to build a seven figure exit and have fun in between with lots of profit as well. I see a lot of people asking free Facebook groups of people, Amazon sellers, questions about Amazon selling. Some of them are wise and some are not. We're going to go over some of those today and which is which. First, a word from our sponsors. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Let's talk about why this might be risky and what things are risky, what things are fine and what things are sort of in that middle ground. So first of all, what are Facebook groups worth? Well, a lot of Facebook groups are um, run by people like myself trying to sell their marketing um, market their services of some description and that's fine you've got to see who the person is that is running the group first of all but that is less of an issue I think in this particular context so in my case um, I've been selling on Amazon on and off for seven years in a couple of different business models mostly private label uh, latterly working towards um, kicking off a well, when I say uh, retail arbitrage based business, but I don't teach arbitrage because I didn't consider I've got the expertise yet. Maybe in a couple of years time, I will have more to say about that. Um, but also I, I've not done wholesale deals, but I've seen how some of them are done. So I've got partners who deal with that. Um, and I've definitely done quite a lot of deals uh, of a more complex nature, sort of collaborative type deals. So I try and speak of that, which I have personal experience, deep experience of. So that's the first thing is um, who is who are you learning from? And there are lots of Facebook groups out there run by very, very experienced. And I think probably pretty trustworthy Amazon expert types who I know um, I've either had on the podcast or I, I've come across in some form of my dealings in the Internet. And they can range from a side of a group from 10 to 50,000 people. And the quality of the person running it isn't really the issue that I'm addressing here. So let me just put that out of the way first. But what you get on a Facebook group in most cases, unless it's very curated, is a mixture of people that is frankly going to be all the way from um, complete nutter, never going to put an Amazon account together in their lives, but want to. And I don't judge anyone for that. That was me for like 15 years of internet marketing. So maybe their time hasn't come yet. But the fact is, those people don't know from experience all the way through to one or two people who may be including the person who's running the group themselves and or a couple of friends of them uh, or their associates or some sort of moderators, whatever, who are maybe doing seven figures, eight figures, whatever. I'm somewhat in between. I've never done seven figures a year. I'm not a huge seller, but I'm very experienced by now with a lot of the detail. And there's always more to learn. But I try to be very careful with what I give advice on and what I don't. I try to speak only from experience or very um, close secondhand experience of working with a very trusted, very experienced Amazon seller. Now, I try to be articulate about that. Not everyone's going to be. So first of all, you need to investigate who's giving you the advice. And this is where the problem of free Facebook groups come up, comes up, doesn't it? Because you don't really know very much about the people in there. And that's not necessarily awful. There is such a thing as crowdsourcing an answer. But... 
there is a lot of variability. And this is where I think you need to differentiate between really critical questions where you need a truly expert answer, somewhat critical questions where you need a, a, a steer towards an expert answer, and things which, frankly, is no bad thing to crowdsource. Sometimes people in the early stages asking each other questions will actually be dealing with similar issues um, at the same time and can actually really help each other a lot more than people who maybe crossed that issue five, six years ago now and they've not, for example, set up a business recently or registered a new Amazon account for five, six years. Things may have changed a lot in the detail. So it's not always wrong to take advice from people at earlier stages in the journey. Um, sometimes if they're at about the same stage as you, that can be very valuable. That's a kind of peer group, I guess. And that is where Facebook groups can be really helpful. So let me talk about why they're really helpful first. I think when it comes to the details of setting up an Amazon account, they can be useful because they, if the people advising about it are going through the same exact process themselves at the same time not something that some established Amazon sellers will often be going through as it happens partly in order to go through this process and help people relate to it and myself relate to what it feels like to start from scratch. I am actually starting an Amazon account from scratch, having started a company up in the UK here where I'm based from scratch so that I can not only re-experience it, but I can sort of document what I'm doing and, and help other people along the way. But that's not necessarily common for experienced um, sellers, more common for coaching and consulting types like myself that sort of blend selling and coaching. Um, so that can be useful. So whether it's somebody, sort of a coach who's just done it recently to help people like I've been doing, or somebody at the same stage. Setting up an Amazon account, very, very helpful. Now, I've just mentioned setting up a company. Now, that's where I would start to say, number one red flag, we're dealing with a legal situation here. Now, I don't mind taking company setup advice from a couple of different types of people. Let's, let's define more the um, types of advice forums or people that you could draw on. What I've been talking up until about until now is the well-known 100 plus, 200 plus, maybe even 300 plus now Facebook groups for Amazon or e-commerce sellers out there, right? Now, I run one. It's got 2.2K members, not that many. I could push the numbers bigger, but I try to keep the quality and, and the the relevance of the people in there and, and the quality of the content good. So I'm more about quality, not quantity. Some people kind of let their groups go and it's full of utter trash. Other people moderate them very well. So that's another little thing to look out for, by the way. But the majority of people in there are pretty new to the game. Now, I would strongly advise anyone who comes into my Facebook group, and if I spot it, I will tell them pretty directly, don't ask for legally um, critical advice in a free group. First thing, why? Because most people haven't got the experience to know from the school of hard knocks, the entrepreneurial angle, whether something's a good plan or not. And they do not have legal training unless they tell you that they have otherwise, which is different, of course. Um, but even then, they are not going to be liable for the advice because they're not giving it as your lawyer. They're not in, in a sort of legally privileged situation where you can share information with them and they won't tell anyone else. You're not... Um, in um, a situation where you could go back to them and sue them for giving you bad advice. And I'm not suggesting you wander around suing people, but there is such a thing as people taking responsibility for their advice. And I try and be responsible myself um, <clears throat> as well. And that's obviously something else that somebody in the more of a public position is going to be more conscious of and maybe therefore a bit more careful in what they say than somebody just chucking advice around. Especially if it's not only not something they've done, it's something they've heard 
well, that's bad news, isn't it? Because that, that could be, in fact, quite out of kilter with the the legal realities, right? There's a lot of um, myths knocking around the internet. There's also some useful truth. And I guess what I'm trying to do is help you sift between them and differentiate between what's safe to take from the internet in general and what you should be more careful with. When it comes to legal advice, my friends, I'm really simple about this. You should talk to a lawyer or if you're based in the UK and I can only speak from the UK perspective and I'm not a lawyer, so this does not constitute legal advice. But if you are a reasonably experienced entrepreneur and you're not particularly risk averse and you're not doing something very complex and if you know an accountant who's reasonably savvy about small businesses I'm lucky too then an accountant could be a very good substitute for a lawyer when it comes to the simple act of company formation I say simple act because I'm UK based and therefore I can talk only about that which I understand which is UK limited companies are fairly simple to set up company law is obviously very extensive and I'm not even going to start to try and advise you about that. But if you're dealing with a small business and it's relatively straightforward, you shouldn't need to overcomplicate that. You can probably get away with talking to an accountant. And you can even maybe once you've done this a few times and probably with the aid of an accountant, set your own business up without the aid of an accountant or a lawyer. I've done that myself. It's very cheap, but I would not advise anyone who's doing it for the first time to do that. And if people are asking advice about how to do it, Normally, it's because it is the first time for them. Not always, but normally. So that's the first place where I think if it involves legal advice, if you're outside the UK, I absolutely can't advise you. But it strikes me that the United States is a pretty complicated place for company law. And you should hire a lawyer and just have done with it. Don't mess with it. Um, exactly who should hire is not a terrible idea to ask in the right forum. Is a public Facebook group the right forum? Maybe depending who's in it. There are a couple of forums out there that are pretty geared to some decent quality um, sellers. I aspire to creating one like that. I don't think I've created that yet, frankly, with the amazing FBA Facebook group, but I am aspiring to create one. Um, there are very few like that, though. I mean, most of the time you are not dealing with people that have done it. If you are dealing with people who've been there and done it and got the T-shirt, then that is great. My experience is that's pretty unusual. The one place that I know we've created within the work that I do that has got a great set of people who are really battle-tested e-commerce entrepreneurs, specifically regarding Amazon, but not only, is in the 10K Collective Mastermind. Now, in the sort of closed group mastermind, the information given by um, one of your fellows is a very, very strong starting point. I still don't think it's a substitute for good legal advice. But if you wanted to, example, um, know the pros and cons of starting up a company in the US versus UK or something like that, it's worth getting their opinion. That's all I would say. I don't think the substitute for UK. And if you're thinking, for example, if you're UK based, I want to set up a US company. I do not believe that is a substitute for professional advice in both the UK and the US. And the US is a big place with, I understand, 50 states. So you should probably get a specialist advice from an attorney from a particular state or even various states if you're considering, you know, um, incorporating in one of the states. Now, this all sounds expensive and complex. There is a sliding scale. Um, you don't need to go crazy. If you hire an accountant, as I did initially for company formation in the UK, um, I ended up paying her for some legal advice for, not legal advice, but some advice on company formation. Um, and uh, the actual company formation, it came to about £150, $180 or, or euros. 
In the US, you might be looking at a few hundred dollars to form a company, I guess, depending on which state you're in, how complex it is there. Um, this is not nothing, but I don't think if you can't afford to do that, I don't think you should be going into the private label or private or custom product business anyway. Um, now, a couple of other things. Um, talking of accountants, accountancy. Let's talk about that. Again, um, tax accounting, which is often a question that comes up, not that frequently, but often enough to alarm me in a free Facebook group. My friends, tax is also a legal and accounting matter. It's kind of a nasty crossover of the two. If you get tax wrong, it could be the sort of thing that will send you to jail. That's a pretty nuclear outcome, and it's not likely. So if you're of a nervous disposition, okay, a bit like myself sometimes, not nervous exactly, but highly strong, artistic type, then you're going to have to come to terms with risk. But, you know, you're not likely to go to jail. But you could end up with fines, and certainly your company could end up with a lot of tax issues which will make it you know a, a nasty financial surprise for you at best case and in worst case could prevent your company being sellable down the line which is not a small thing because that is where you will make the majority of the money you ever make from your business is on the day you sell it and that is not a theoretical possibility either that is something that happens every day of the week we've had some exits now within the mastermind i'm glad to say amongst my amazon seller friends in london um Many, many people, not just based in London, but sort of centered on London, but all around the globe there, there'd be many, many people selling businesses. And it would be a shame to deprive yourself of that because you haven't taken care of the tax side. So my advice on tax, do not take free advice on tax, period. Okay, again, the caveat is if you're talking with really serious ex experienced entrepreneurs, they can point you towards uh, an authoritative online resource such as the United States government's own publications or the UK government or the German government or the United, the EU or whatever it is, or um, something by a reputable tax authority, somebody who has a CPA or chartered accountancy or whatever it is in your jurisdiction on their name. But don't just take free advice on tax. That's a terrible idea. It has massive ramifications for everything else. Now, another area where I'd be a little bit wary, but less so, is bookkeeping, which is to do with accountancy. Most people don't differentiate between them. Really, bookkeeping is keeping on top of your numbers month to month, and it should be a subset of your management accountancy, which should be linked with, but it's not the same thing as your tax accounting. Now, what does that all mean if you're new to the game? I guess... You'll be thinking, well, that's the same thing, but it isn't, my friends, because management accounting is the thing that most people just forget about and is critical. And I'm just getting to grips with it myself. And broadly speaking, people try and go cheap and just get a bookkeeper without consulting their accountant. And I fell into this trap recently myself with the amazing FBA accounts. And I've corrected course now. I'm just about to have a call tomorrow with my trusted long-suffering accountant who's really an expert in small business in the UK and a blend of tax accounting and management accounting. Now people can specialize in these different areas but for a small business I don't think it's necessary to be too hyper specialized although e-commerce is a specialist area that's another thing but what I neglected to do is set up a chart of accounts that is to say a structure with my accountant that I could then plug my bookkeeping in, into and the result of course was months of back and forth between me and a bookkeeper in the Philippines who's been mystified by the vagaries of UK tax law that I'm trying to vaguely tie it into so that I can use my management accounts and turn them into tax accounts easily and quickly. Anyway, that's just a rather mundane but typical example of the fact that, again, you should probably start by talking to a professional and get the structure you need and then go and talk to people or see who you can find out there to find who the bookkeeper is to plug 
into that situation. So in both cases, you're probably not best served by talking to random people out there in Facebook groups, especially if they haven't done it, but even if they have and they're doing it badly and they don't even know they're doing it badly because they haven't taken professional advice, that's not a good start. So instead, again, you could very easily talk within a, a mastermind situation where you've got a very... Um, very vetted, very careful, carefully curated set of people who have, you know, done seven figure years, maybe even eight figure years on, on Amazon for several years, then they are people who will have gone through the school of hard knocks. And again, they are not necessarily, unless they happen to be accountants, um, going to be qualified to give you accounting advice, but they can, or bookkeeping, but they can possibly point you towards people who are very good at those things. And then you can work with them. Um, so that's another area. Um, another area that comes up um, very frequently, much more frequently than those last two, and is really risky is this. If you're doing private label or custom product development, um, you need to take a lot more care than most people do, in my opinion, in my opinion, well, from my experience, with the whole sourcing side and the legal and other sort of niceties that around that. Now, what I mean by that, that is this, like I didn't really do much due diligence relative to what I now know I should do back in 2014 when I was sourcing on Alibaba. I tried my best to jump through the hoops that I understood, but unfortunately the training I had at the time, I'm not going to mention the, the training company, but they didn't even really deal with importing from China. They just assumed somehow that everyone was just sourcing from the US, which is fine if you're selling supplements back in 2014, but that's not true for the majority of, um, you know, products. Now, fast forward to 2021 and some training out there is better than others some assumes that it's actually just a kind of little dotting of the i's and the crossing of the t's to get the certification that you need for products and it may well be if your supplier is competent but the question is what certification you really need to sell certain types of products on Amazon? And the answer is, well, that is really quite a complex legal question. That's not like a question like what sort of packaging requirements does Amazon have? That's something you can find on Seller Central. And if you can't be bothered to look for it and you want to pop a question up in um, in the Facebook group, and if people have been shipping stuff into Amazon recently themselves, you know, especially if they're just doing it for the first time, they could probably tell you the things to look out for that most of the rest of us would have forgotten or just outsourced to somebody. And that's very valuable. That's fine. But that is not the same as, you know, what certification um, do you need for products? And I just think you have to be sensible about this. You could start with China Imports. Uh, I think it's called ChinaImportal.com, which was flagged up in the the uh, Facebook group I run, which I'm proud to say every so often, Ashley Pierce, you know, just call him out there. He was a, a seven-figure Amazon seller, at least he has been, and is very, very busy working on Amazon brands and, and doing all sorts of different clever things for e-commerce brands. I haven't even got time to explain how clever this chap is, but he's got a manufacturing background and, and degree in manufacturing engineering. They don't give those away with packs of cornflakes. I mean, that's a serious qualification. So he happens to be a person that that person who asked a question in my group about what sort of certifications you need happened to get lucky because actually is the kind of person that it would take as a starting point for that kind of discussion. Most Facebook groups out there, the free ones, do not have that quality of, of advice available. So I think the answer is really simply this. I personally would never advise a client these days now, nor would I myself, go direct to Alibaba and just start sourcing stuff. I would use a sourcing agent who understands both the import and export sides of the equation, which is to say, if I'm sourcing in India, for example, I'd probably call my friend Konak Ogre, who's a um, 
specialist in hand specialist in handmade goods. So they have their particular vagaries in terms of, um, you know, the requirements about wood that can be quite complex to export or import into certain countries. And he would be a person I would have a conversation with about what certification does this wood that I'm exporting to, for example, the USA need. And I would expect him to take care of some of the compliance and, and to double check that the suppliers he's recommending to me um, were consistent with that. If, if you're dealing with China, I would talk to Ryan Shaffet of XQ Manufacturing or Ashmonger of um what do they call imex sourcing i tend to remember people's names rather than their brand names but those guys i know well and trust i've sent clients their way um i've i've interviewed them in the podcast time i got them back on actually but the point is those people really know how to vet suppliers they know what the requirements are that you should be looking for with the suppliers in terms of the certification for the factories um in general for the product lines in particular in the production processes and if you're trying to export from china to the US, for example, what certification that the US is going to want to see. And things like CE markings are not a quick and easy win. I mean, I've got one of the mastermind members who's been selling for years in terms of a family business, and they still are trying to figure out which products need a CE marking, which don't in some cases, not because they're not intelligent people, they have a big team as well, but because this stuff is quite complex. So you may at some point have to hire either one of a lawyer or a a certification or testing service if you get really serious and if you're going to create custom products that might be one of the reasons why you don't rush into that and you private label something that exists having said that um it is not something to just ignore and hope nobody's going to check uh, for two simple reasons well three let's take at least three number one um amazon is checking details more and more as it gets bigger and bigger it has to be more and more seen to be complying with the law in the us and other jurisdictions of course and it becomes a bigger target for the jurist you know the, the legal systems and uh, it is getting more and more complex operations so it is taking more and more of a, a rigorous rather shall we say rigid approach to enforcing things that its lawyers perceive not only as as legally dubious but as a possible legal threat a possible threat so sometimes amazon will be fussier than the legal systems that surround them if you see what i mean then surround their operations that brings me to the second point which is you do not want to be creating some kind of nasty liability for yourself and your business down the line and uh, again even if you're a fairly risk on person that isn't necessarily the case for the people doing due diligence for your business if you happen to sell to private equity in the future and they're becoming bigger and bigger players in this in the space they are going to go through every part of your business with a fine tooth comb like detectives like murder or homicide detectives you do not want to be leaving some kind of piece of certification out of the equation that is going to worry their lawyers five years down the line when you want to sell your business for a nice chunky seven figure sum well, I've seen a couple of times right up close not in my own business but next best thing in some clients businesses negotiations where the deal nearly fell out of bed for that exact reason it depends what you're selling how serious that is but it's not a great thing for anybody um, and I don't see them getting less risk averse about things like that as the culture is not going to get any less legalistic the third and much more mundane and much more probable outcome, my friends, is this. If you're thinking, ah, I'm just going to bypass all that. That sounds very legalistic and in the future and unlikely. Well, guess what? Amazon has really been clamping down on the product and general liability insurance, or rather the fact that quite a few sellers have not had it, even though it's been a requirement to sell it on Amazon for years. The the days, by the way, where this myth still knocks around, that you could 
get away with it uh, if you're doing under ten thousand dollars a month or it's not a requirement eh, eh, that's not the case as far as i know you're just required to have it period on amazon and by the way if you want to know whether that's really true another hint talk to an insurance broker if you want to get insurance advice the only advice worth getting is who did you personally use, not who do you advise, who have you heard about, who have you heard rumours of rumours of rumours, who have you personally used if you are actually selling on Amazon to insure your business. Now that's a worthwhile question to ask. I wouldn't then go and ask somebody who's not an expert to tell you about insurance. I would go and talk to the expert, the insurance broker. I would suggest, for example, um, for my end, a couple of people, Ashlyn Haddon, who is very good at dealing with the Amazon insurance nightmare for people who sell in the US or are based in the US. Uh, if you're UK based and only selling UK, probably worth a conversation. Um, so another expert that I would recommend. Um, so again, does it mean that you shouldn't get a bit of advice from people about Amazon um, insurance? Yeah, maybe. But insurance is a subset of all the other risks I put together. You quite likely aren't going to get insurance if you don't have the certificates for the products you should have in the first place. And kind of quite rightly, why should they can if they can for you? So it sounds like I'm talking about a lot of red tape. There is a degree of red tape involved and there always has been. Um, it's getting more rigorously enforced. I think now there is new red tape coming in. That often happens when markets reach more maturity, uh, which may be a reason why you don't rush into doing a private label or custom product business on Amazon right now. And that's OK by me. I don't think you should rush into something half done in a high opportunity, but relatively high risk uh, environment. It's not high risk in the sense of, you know, like trying to earn money like by drug running or something ridiculous. They're going to be wrong. Some people miss, you know, misinterpret uh, what risk means. But it is not like working in a bank or investing your money in stocks and shares in a blue chip company like, I don't know, Barclays Bank or whatever, HSBC Bank uh, or Goldman Sachs or something. Even those occasionally go badly wrong, but not very often. But there are no guarantees with entrepreneurship. And I think a lot of people just on the one hand are a little bit too risk on because they don't see problems coming and they don't gauge risk. But what I'm talking about today is things actually you can de-risk by getting proper advice and getting it in the right place. So I hope that little rant was helpful. Um, it's just a pattern I've seen over several years and having run a Facebook group, you know, free Facebook group for Amazon sellers for several years now, I've seen that pattern turn up in my own group and I try my best to deal with it in a kind way. But I just want to be also responsible to the people in the group and, and just say some stuff is not done well in a free Facebook group. Now, if you are new to the game of Amazon, um, it's a starting point. I will always generally try and point you towards some other experts. I've mentioned a few today. Um, if you are already established and doing, you know, six, uh, mid six to seven figures, high seven figures, you might be uh, interested in considering the 10K Collective Mastermind, where we do indeed share a lot of resources like lawyers we tried and and um, import-export people and uh, people who will stand in as... Um, Indirect representative, if you don't export from the UK to the EU, we never need to know what that means and good luck to you. And that's probably wise that way. But that sort of nitty gritty, painful operational detail we deal with very well, I think, in the mastermind. So um, as well as the bigger picture aspirational stuff, and we re recently celebrated a nice juicy seven figure exit for one of the members. So 
Uh, if that is a form you think would be useful to you, it's application only. Right now, it's pretty much full up, but we've got a waiting list and, and people do drop out because they get busy with other projects sometimes. So worth checking out. Just go to the um, mastermind.com and um, check out the mastermind we've got some um, videos from happy members there you can see what what uh, sort of people be dealing with and some of the upsides of, of being part of the mastermind i think there are many i think it's frankly underpriced i will be putting the price up over the next year uh, gradually but consistently so now is the time to join it if you want to get it at its best value uh, we meet in person in london uh twice a uh once every two months i should say now that's the new rhythm covid permitting and then on zoom in between so it works well anyway enough pitching from me um in case it's relevant for the majority of people listening i'm guessing you're more, more early stages and it won't be so relevant which is fine in which case try and find your way through this path and my advice my final piece of advice about getting advice is this Find a place with people who are actually taking action and running businesses rather than just talking about it. If possible, if they've got great contacts, that's helpful. And then um, follow their advice as to which experts to hire or talk to. And then go to the source. If you want legal advice, talk to a lawyer. Accounting advice, talk to an accountant. Sourcing advice, talk to any sourcing experts. Um, etc etc right if you want freight forward advice talk to freight forwarders yes it takes a bit more legwork but you're doing your due diligence your homework which means that whatever business you build will be on solid foundations it won't wobble later under due diligence when you sell it it won't wobble under the pressure of legal pressures or amazon suddenly enforcing things and you will sleep better at night as well and for me these boring things are well worth it. Maybe I'm too much of a lawyer's son and uh, I apologize that that's my nature. I, I sometimes do get a bit concerned that people leave themselves wide open to things which they don't need to. We can shut down a lot of risk and minimize a lot of risk and we should. That's good entrepreneurship. Um, one of the, just to leave you with a final thought, one of the famous British entrepreneurs, of course, is Richard Branson, Sir Richard. And um, one of the, the things that strikes me when people interview him or when he's... Um, talks about things in his business books very worth reading these are my virginity etc people perceive him as a very risk on person because he's personally done risky things like going up on weather balloons and stuff like that but when it comes to business he's actually a man who's very very savvy at reducing unnecessary risk i mean there are multiple tales for example um when he launched his virgin airlines business he basically had a deal with Boeing such that he would lease the jets and if it didn't work out, he'd give them back. Now, how smart is that? That's reducing unnecessary risk from the beginning. Why not do the same, guys? Make like Richard Branson. Go and you know have intelligent conversations with experts. Reduce unnecessary risk at the beginning. And that means that whatever remains, you handle as an entrepreneur, but you're not exposing yourself to more risk than you need to reduce the the downside increase the upside and hey presto you're acting like a professional entrepreneur not just a, a sort of amateur so hope that's helpful guys um i kind of about to say sorry for ranting but i kind of not i i think i think if it saves you some sleepless nights a few years down the road i'd like to think you'll remember me and thank me and your stars but even if you don't remember me but you did the right thing I've served you and that's what matters because in the end of the day, most people I speak to via these um, various electronic media are never going to do business with me or give me any money. And that's absolutely fine. If I've left decent advice out there that saves people from unnecessary pain or helps them get more out of their businesses they're going to get, I'm a happy boy. So thank you so much for listening. Appreciate your attention.
This is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA and 10K Collective Mastermind signing off. It's probably no secret that the work we do at the 10K Collective Mastermind is the heart of the work we do for six, seven, and eight-figure sellers here. And I'm very, very proud of what we've done. It's been going for over four years now. Uh, we're based around physical meetings in London, England. Uh, twice a month now is the new rhythm, COVID permitting. But we also meet on Zoom these days, and that means we can also bring in experts, not in the traditional way, like a webinar format where they preach at you, but where we deep dive into the individual's members' businesses in small groups, maximum 10, 12 people. And that really creates deep, deep learning and deep trust in a way that nothing else does. If you want to check that out, www.theamazonmastermind.com. That's www.theamazonmastermind.com. It's application only. If you have what it takes, you need to be doing at least 40 or 50,000 euros or dollars equivalent a month, then apply there. Thanks for listening.